mm-hmm. so I want to get to 33 because that, that was the last one that we went to like full stop you want to talk about stories <laughs> yeah and uh, so 33 was was uh, Orlando right our stories from this so one of the things that we did different going into this mania so the last one to give people kind of an idea we had our by the time we decided we were going to do it we had our money really late so we had to buy through like a third party site yeah for this one we were like all right we're getting in on the pre-sale we had like 6 a.m three-way video calls so i could order the ticket like that's how crazy that's how you know that's how awesome we were about this i think you know credit to your wife for finding the airbnb Mm -hmm. for us to stay in which that was my first time ever staying in one by the way oh really i'll never forget yeah i'll never forget walking in the house and the guy's like hi i'm da 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 and he gives me his card and i'm confused he was a real estate agent i'm like i'm only here this weekend this is a very temporary (laughs) type thing like i'm not looking to stay um and they gave us a key to their house and we're just like coming in shit-faced every night (laughs) i know it's wild Uh, i'd I'd be i mean if i was airbnb yeah i'd have a bunch of anxiety about multiple people coming onto my property yeah i don't know maybe the money and it's not like we were staying it's not like we were staying like in a basement or something we were literally like she would wake up and make us breakfast every morning the wife like it was it was insane I believe you guys got there before me and Marley. And uh, so I got off the the plane and I went to where they were having access. And I bought us all tickets because I wanted us to do this weekend right. Like we, we had the NXT ticket. Yep. I remember us going to this Mexican place that had like for 12 bucks, you got like nachos that could feed like eight people. Tacos and tequila place. Yeah. Yeah, they were showing Nacho Libre on the TV. Like it was a proper, like, oh. yeah, it was, a, it was a proper lucha wrestling bar. They had the masks hung up and everything. That was the spot. We, we, yeah. we, um, like, usually you have to sort of look around town and find it, find sort of a good spot to, to get. But I think that was one of the first places we went to, and that was it. We went back there like four or five times. Yeah. Like, that's all we need. It was like, it was on a water Five dollar pitchers of margaritas. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that first night, like we, after we did access, we met up with the girls, and I mean, we just got shit face. And we take an Uber back to the place that so we're stumbling in, singing wrestling songs at two in the morning. It's, it's crazy. NXT was an interesting one. Because I had fallen behind on a lot of NXT. So, like, you're bringing me up to date as we're going to downtown Orlando. Because we, we, I think, I believe we spent the day drinking in a bar. We met that one couple that was like super cool. And we went to the, the Santa themed bar, or the mm. Christmas themed bar. I remember we had to walk to the stadium. We had to leave Marley's backpack at the bar. They liked us so much, they let us leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're walking to the stadium, and you were like, yo, you have to listen to Bobby Roode's theme song. I never listened to, to his entrance <laughs> And so the whole way we're walking there, I'm listening to Glorious, like, on repeat. And I'm, like, amped by the time it's we get to <laughs> Yeah. That NXT show was fantastic. What was the... It was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the tag team match. I remember now. Yeah, with the AOP. AOP. They the opening, didn't they? Yeah. 
the Nakamura, that was his kind of send-off that night. Like, he lost, and he got the big send-off to uh, the main roster. I think he would debut two days later at, at Raw after Mania. Um, but hearing his entrance and being able to sing along to it, that's something I'll never forget. Like, NXT crowds are another level of just awesomeness. The more fun. The more they fun, are. the less critical. They seem less in... in- Title to have their uh, their opinion play out on screen. They're just uh, it's just it's about the work. It was again it's about yeah it was wrestling. That, it was that peak time, wasn't it? Um, and they, I think yeah, you got to credit NXT with with uh, like singing along to people's theme music and just yeah being a part of the show. It's 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 a shame you on Raw and SmackDown these days. You seem to get a lot of the internet wrestling community uh, in the in the stadium. Uh, and and sort of the echoing their um, dissent that they do online, but with NXT, yeah, like I said, they're appreciative of the work. You know, the main roster, the the fans, the main roster to me are really toxic in a lot of ways. Yeah, they are. Like it, it, they really mirror kind of where society is with the whole. I'm not getting my way, so I'm just gonna scream <laughs> because I didn't get my way. Yeah. That's that's um, in, indicative to uh, yeah the certainly certainly a, a few pockets of society there we we all know yeah, yeah. we all know there's a, a type of people and and uh, they you know unfortunately they 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 encompass a lot of the the WWE fan base uh, but you yeah. know it takes all sorts so what else getting to the WrestleMania card itself what what, uh, what stood out on that card for you. What's the? Uh, I'm looking at the. So, uh, counting the preliminaries, there's 13 matches. The big one that stood out to me was. Oh, this is hard. Um, because it was actually a really solid mania. So we can just go through it. Neville, uh, <laughs> Neville, mm-hmm. criminally underused. Uh, he beat uh, Austin Aries for the cruiserweight title. Uh, yeah, for the, for the third Raleigh pay-per-view in a row, I believe. Won the Royal. Yeah. Mojo Raleigh won the Andre the Giant with an assist from Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? that? Wasn't um, that wild? The the security lady thought he was a fan. Uh, <laughs> and when he jumped over the rail, someone didn't clue her in. And he's like, no, no, I'm part the... of the show. Honestly. Like, really, I am. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Uh... The Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, that match could have been better. That that was one of the ones where you could tell they were trying to give as much time as they could for what was later in the card. So they cut it probably by about 10 minutes. That's just what it felt like. It was just extremely rushed. The AJ Styles Shane McMahon match was way better than it had any right to be. To me, that match cemented AJ as like the man or as like one of the best workers in the world, like he got a five. Okay, I don't know if I'd say five star, but he got a really good match out of Shane McMahon. And if you remember, Shane had this brutal spot where he did like his backflip, uh, and AJ moved. And if you go watch it, like his knees just hit the canvas, and you're like, oh, mm. he's gonna fill that shit tomorrow. Mm. Kevin Owens and Jericho. Yeah, that was the match that convinced Jericho that he wanted to leave. So starting a um, a branch in the timeline where 
Chris Jericho would would go off and then do New Japan and then and then yeah. uh, and then help AEW get born. So, I mean, the the match was, I guess, basic, I guess, but but in terms of in terms of like wrestling, the landscape was, was a, a whole. Great match. We, we were there to. I can't remember it really, to be honest. I mean, it got sixteen minutes, so I imagine that those two were um, worked it very well. But I mean, second so, on second on the card. Mm. The one thing I do remember from that match is uh, Kevin Owens playing the heel really well. There's one point where uh, Jericho hits him with like a finisher, and it gets the two count, and then he puts like one finger on the rope. Like he put one finger on the rope just so that the ref could be like, "Yeah, he's on the rope." Like it was just, just a brilliant heel move. I remember that. Um, but I think for that, that was just the culmination of like, remember the festival of friendship, where he turns on because they were a tag team for a while, and then Jericho had the list going, and they have that festival of friendship uh, celebration on Raw, where Owens just turns on him and beats the shit out of him. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was with that because I believe Jericho cost Owens the universal title. Remember he had that for a while and then he he's like, He can beat anybody, even you, Goldberg. <laughs> like Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, the month, uh, month before that he yeah, Owens lost the the belt to Goldberg. Quick match. See, see, that was the best story. I mean, aside from the Rollins and, and Triple H. Rollins Triple H one was good. Um but uh, second on the card, like that that's an insult. Well, when as we go through this, you'll see why. So, I don't really remember the Raw Women's Fatal Four Way match. Uh, like I don't. I remember a significant part of that was uh, that they they flashed a spotlight right in our faces because they were trying to show the crowd off more, but it ended <laughs> up like a couple thousand people blinding half of us. Yeah, and so the match was going on, and we're like, we can't see, we can't see. I remember that. Now that you mentioned it, ridiculous. Now the next match, that's where you said uh, earlier, right? You said um, that Austin had the biggest pop of all time that you can remember. Let me tell you, when the Hardy Boys came out, that was the biggest pop I've ever heard in my life. So to kind of give, set the scene. So uh, the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson come down, then Cesaro and Sheamus, which was, but then Enzo and Cass come down. God, that that gimmick was so goddamn offensive. <laughs> Looking back on it, so just before the match starts, the New Day comes out. They were hosting that year. Don't know why. Maybe somebody was injured. But they're in their their unis, and they're like, "Oh, it's been changed to a fatal four way." And everybody's like, "Oh, we're thinking, all right, so the new day's gonna join." And then the music hits like, and it's they have one of those themes that you hear it and you just light up.
Now, one thing I will say, which is weird, as I believe, so Jeff does his swanton off the ladder through somebody else. Matt's climbing to get the titles, and everybody's shouting, delete, delete, delete. I didn't realize it until then, how much that looks like the Nazi sign. Like the, the heel, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, if you if you were to take a, a photograph, you could you could catch a lot of people doing the salute like like yeah. yeah with the with the delete it's you know side to side but it's you know it's got the straight hand yeah now nah, some motherfuckers be going up with it <laughs> <laughs> probably right <laughs> this is my chance yeah but d- like, if you d- go delete. go back and watch it like go back and watch it like as he's climbing up the ladder they you know the hard cam is showing everybody behind him and they're doing it i'm like yo this could pass for like some really sideways shit. Like if somebody really wanted to. I should go back and watch it. Yeah, I wonder how many people were when they were doing the, the, the chop, whether they <laughs> kept it a little too long forward. You know what I mean? Like, we, we yeah, we should we should go back and watch that. And we'll, we'll call it Nazi Watch. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's going to be a, that's not the CPR, episode. Nazi Watch. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember, I remember you saying um, that. Uh, and then the John Cena, Nikki Bella. Oh, what did we think at the time? I went. I tell you what I thought about it. I went and bought us beer. <laughs> I think contri- I was like, I'm not. I think I, I remember you saying the word contrived at the time. Oh yeah, it, it, but you could see it coming. The best thing that came of that was a story they told going into it when Miz was doing those great like vignettes where he played like a a, a lip. Can I say midget, like a midget version of Daniel Bryan? You can say what you want. John Cena. Yeah, yeah. But the minute we saw that, like, we, we kind of knew what it was. And it's kind of even more offensive, you know, five years later, now that I think about it, because Nikki Bell is married to somebody else as a kid by somebody else, like. And John Cena's and married. And then come to find out. Yeah. And that was supposed to be the, the, uh. I, I read later that was where Nakamura was supposed to debut. His Miz was supposed to call somebody out and he was supposed to come out. Can you believe that shit? At Mania? But, yeah. Oh, how over would that have been? But once again, like I said a few minutes earlier, Mania is about the pop culture phenomenon. They've got total divas, they got total bellas, like they needed something to shoot for. Like, so I get it. Yeah, well, but. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's Mania is for more than just the wrestling fans. It's a scene. And mm-hmm. and you get a lot of people there that that go for the go for the scene and 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 you know because in some people's world uh wrestling is is just this one event a year that happens to to grab pop pop culture. Um so you mm-hmm. get that crowd too, which is is great. Um it's the it's you have the to casual appeal to them too. It's the same way how, like, we watch UFC and, like, we know the guys who are lower on the card, but the casual fan knows McGregor. The casual fan knows, you know, uh, Game Bread, stuff like that. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's just getting the casual person. Um, So, yeah, that match was, look, it was five minutes and 51 seconds, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next match, 31 minutes, that was the non-sanctioned match between Seth Rollins and Triple H. 
non-sanctioned. Good match. Such a hilarious stipulation. I hate like I... non-sanctioned. That means you should be arrested. Like, <laughs> yeah, if Triple H was the ultimate heel, he would have had Seth arrested for assault because it was unsanctioned and it was no yeah. no contract. See, yeah, great match. I mean, it this was a this was a good like few year run for Seth here where he was like King Slayer, Beast Slayer. And he had uh, yeah. he had a lot of like Game of Thrones cosplay. Um, I think it started here, because they the way they sold the story was he was the guy that they gave everything to, and he crumbled under the pressure. That's how Triple H sold it. Yeah, he's like we you know, um, but that was it. That was a great match. He had a couple spots where I was like, okay, I don't know if his knee's gonna hold up. Like he was doing flips and all kinds of shit. But you know what this match reminds me of? It reminds me of the. Batista Triple H match of two years later. Like it's just overly drawn out. Like it's thirty one minutes. Like it could have been fifteen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when you've got some um when you've got some stroke around the place. Oh yeah, no. I mean, shit. Fifteen minutes of that was just Triple H's entrance alone. Where they had like the motorcycles and, and all that. What food did you get during that entrance? Uh <laughs> Probably had some. Probably had a hot dog or some shit. Like the food at that stadium was awful. Was it? Um, I don't like Texas. I'd imagine Texas. So here we go. Bet food. Yeah, bet. Don't know why. So, um, we got four matches left. Orton Randy Orton. Mm. Mm. Could have been so much better. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very anticlimactic. Just didn't hit. They they obviously have tried years later. Um. Where we saw the fiend and, and Orton, and that was a lot better. Um, still had a questionable ending with Randy Orton. I was going pissed over. off because I was so happy Bray finally got a title run, and they took it from him too early. I know. It's just me though. Like, like, do you? There's something very particular about this match. Do you remember it? The uh, the weird graphics on the ring, right? The worms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Again, just just didn't hit, did it? It like they, it's they, they went something. It went for something. The first time it was good. Yeah. Like the first one. But then they kept doing it. And you're like, okay, this is this is not it. Yeah. Um, so the next match, we got Lesnar and Goldberg. For my money, this was actually a really good match for what it was. Minute for minute? Like action from start <laughs> to finish. Fine. Yeah. Like this um I mean this this feud uh started back when they were trying to promote a 2K game. So Goldberg was in the commercial, right? And he gets arrested and gets put in a car and, and is, is, is uh, drove away. Now, at the end of that commercial, he's looking out the window and there's a reflection of a, of a highway sign. And it's very blurry uh-huh. and, and backwards. But if you sharpen it up and, and reverse it, it says Suplex City on it. So they, that was an oh, Easter geez. egg there. And then, yeah, obviously they start, started their big three-month feud, which, like... Everything about it was perfect for me, and and then you get, you get a, like almost six minute, you know, finisher after finisher, and and, and <laughs> that's all it needs to be. Don't overcomplicate it. You know what it reminds it. me of? It reminds me of like, remember the old SmackDown games? How yeah. you could, when you were picking your character, you can choose how many finishers they had coming in. Oh yeah, and then yeah. you could pick like unlimited. That's what it was. And every it was time, just, every time, who could hit triangle quick <laughs> enough? <laughs> to hit their finisher every time finish the only fest. problem i had with this match i felt like the universal title was unnecessary 
Like the way yeah. they took it off Owens, they gave it to Goldberg, and like we could all see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this might have been the best match on the card. Like um, as far as like bang for your buck, it's either this or yeah, I mean, I'd say the AJ Shane. Yeah, that was highly entertaining. When it Neville and Aries was great too. I remember. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was pre-show. It was all it needed to be. Uh, and yeah. obviously, and the crowd loved it. Like. I think we had a bet going into this. Like, all right, is it going to be six minutes? We we compared it to Undertaker's entrance, uh, and it turned out that Undertaker's Jesus. entrance was longer than than the Lesnar Goldberg match bell to bell. Yeah, from the first Undertaker gong yeah. to when they turned the music down. Yeah, that was longer. I mean, that's what we're saying. The so Undertaker got... entrance is is a let up. Uh, yeah. So yeah. right before the main event. Nah, we had uh, before the main event. We had the women's yeah. women's SmackDown. Naomi, which the only reason this was that late was because it was it was her hometown. That was the only reason they got next to last, I believe. Pick the crowd up a bit. Keep, I mean, keep the momentum going into the main event. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I was really glad that Naomi got a moment. There were a couple of uh, a couple of little kids in front of us. I remember who were big Naomi fans, and they popped huge for her. Um, Yeah, I've I've always been a massive Naomi fan ever since she started introducing the glow stuff i was like i was like there's something different about this girl and she's like completely like she's totally she athletic can actually wrestle. uh and and brings a, a great dynamic we were talking before about you know um you know mr reliables on the rosters you seth rollins and your cesaros and whatever reliability wise naomi's in that category well she she has to be reliable seeing to it as her brother-in-law is unreliable because he likes to drink and get behind the wheel right Someone's got to... <laughs> one gets fired. Um, but, I mean, nah. this match, I mean, it didn't last very long, so it was, it was kind of, um, I mean, kind of bittersweet because it, it it does seem like Naomi is an afterthought on that main roster, unfortunately. But it was good that she did get get the um, get the title win here and, and it, uh, you know, it gave that hometown crowd a good pop. Which brings us to the last match of the night. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns yet defeats again. the Undertaker in a no holds bar match. I am be honest with you, Mania thirty two was to me the last great under I wouldn't even call it great, the last passable Undertaker match. Because with this one, his hip, which we know now, we knew it going in because we watched Raw, but uh his hip was like messed up. Like he could barely move during this match. It was kind of sad to watch. Yeah, it was, it was a weird one. Wasn't it? You you would hope that this match would have been more impactful. It just didn't hit, did it? I felt like the, the we were all there was not one big so, poppable moment of this match, if I remember. Like you you want to know what the defining moment of this match was for me? They, there was a spot they had where he was supposed to reverse something that Roman was doing into a tombstone and he couldn't do it. Like he ends up dropping Roman. Like if you go back and watch the match, there's a moment. I do remember where that. He's, you know what I mean? And that's when we all knew and you could, the crowd could feel it. It was like, okay, he's not a hundred percent right. It. And if you go back and watch, I think one of their last encounters before mania, um, I think Braun Strowman was involved in it, and he throws 
Undertaker throws Strowman out of the ring, and the camera stays on Undertaker for a second. A second too long. Just as he's turning, he's wincing from his hip hurting, and he gets hit with a spear from Reigns. Yeah. And so every Reigns spear from this match was, if you go back and look at it, chest high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. Um, oh. it barely any, barely any contact, right? Um, it. Do you know what it? Yeah. It, the the young the young fan in you, the, you know, y- your heart breaks when you start to see Undertaker as vulnerable, you know, um, and um, and if 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 no one's seen the Undertaker documentary, like if you have any criticisms towards like Undertaker, I guess botching in matches and not quite hitting the mark, like just just look at his documentaries because you you you'll understand that he was like the ultimate perfectionist and if he had a bad match he wasn't thinking like maybe it's time to go it's like no i have to make this right like i need that that ending moment like if i'm going to put someone over and maybe that was the intention to ride off into the sunset um i mean it was by by the finish um but but the 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 overall tone of that match um you know kept him around a bit longer because it just wasn't just didn't hit the mark did it um so i was listening to him on uh bill simmons podcast recently and he was talking about how his whole basically the way he gets ready for mania it's i highly recommend you go listen to it 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 kind of what's the dude's name fills in the blanks on this bill simmons Simmons. he's uh called the bill simmons podcast it's back in the archives i think it was like late last year sometime around whenever the last ride documentary was was coming out mm-hmm. um but the undertaker was talking about how his schedule of getting ready for mania had been kind of thrown off by the injuries right um it's a really fascinating episode i remember uh he loses and he goes through the whole thing where he takes the jacket off and he puts the he hugs his wife he basically broke kayfabe for a second and we all thought it was over and in a lot of ways i got i understood it it just felt like maybe he stayed around a year or two too long like honestly he probably could have called it uh after brock broke the streak or 31 at the latest yeah yeah that, uh, that would have been that would have been a moment to go out um because you He's probably one of the only guys from that generation that just didn't look the same at the end. Like, even Triple H, like, he still looks the part, I guess you could say. Yeah. I understood why Shawn Michaels never came back. You know, like, everybody keeps asking for yeah. one more match. Yeah, and, he, and, and, and that probably... Want, you know what I mean? That probably um, factored in, in Michaels' decision to, to stay retired, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because he, yeah, he wouldn't have wanted to to go out like that, and and you you could tell right after the the Saudi match when Shawn Michaels came back, he was like, like we're we're, we're done, like why are we doing this anymore? Because um, the Saudis are paying you like three million dollars. Oh yeah, I mean match. yes, like like we said, money is king. <laughs> Once you start flashing the cash, that now that we're we're past that, I gotta say this this Saudi thing. I was reading, like, when they made the deal, they had, like, all these wrestlers that they wanted. Like, they basically had a who's who. Yeah. 
and like they were requesting wrestlers that were dead. I think Yokozuna they requested. Yeah, right? yeah. This is like okay, clearly like they get shit late over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they you know, Not, and that's yeah. actually another one of the things that's funny about WWE is like in cancel culture, like watching them jump through all these hoops to justify the Saudi thing, even though they couldn't have like female performers for a time. Yeah. Like that. But once again, like it's, you get it. Like it's a WWE, like they're a publicly traded company, right? Yeah. And I'm sure it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe don't want to get into too much of a cancel culture thing. It's, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it doesn't bother them too much. They seem to stick with their, their business model. I mean, whether they go back to Saudi, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure if they, they will. I don't know. I'm sure if they do, I think you're going to start seeing a lot. It'll, of... uh, it'll come back around in the media, and there'll be some scrutiny. But no, they're, I mean, they're going to come back. Cancel culture because... is, is is the outrage only lasts a few a few days, if if that. And uh, I think WWE yeah. just can't. It's not enough right to away. cancel WWE, but I think what we're going to see, especially coming out of this pandemic, and you start you're seeing it in professional sports is. People are trying to make up or, you know, these companies and sports leagues are trying to make up for that lost revenue any way they can. You know, so you're going to see WWE do the Saudi thing just for the money. Yeah. Um, the NBA had a, a, a smaller like there they should there should have been a bigger gap between when the bubble ended and when the season started. But they sure. needed the money. And so now you're seeing guys get injured like you're. This is just what it's going to be like going forward. Yeah. You know, and if, if we know anything about billionaires, they don't like losing money. Yeah, it's a weird... Particularly uh, when your last name is McMahon. It's a weird addiction to have, isn't it, money? Um, shit, we just saw Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos, you know, swinging their big money dicks around and... Jesus. It, it, it yeah, it goes, to, it goes to some levels. Fucking people are competing to go to space. Like, I can't imagine these levels these people are on. Fuck yeah, no, but that, like that's when you just get bored. <laughs> like you're bored with life. Yeah, and like fuck it, let's go to space. <laughs> the 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 extent of my money obsessions really. I mean, I guess I invest a bit, but whenever I'm betting, and I if I win, when I win a bet, it's the worst thing because I always feel like I should have put more on. And like Facts. that's a weird Easy. sickness that I don't like to think about, you know. So what do you use? Fan anyway, goal? another topic for another day, I guess. No, like the, yeah. the the betting thing. Like I do like same game. Like I hit on one during the football season last year. It was like one of the free bets or whatever. Yeah. And I did like a it was like a twelve leg parlay same game on an Eagles Thursday night game, and uh, it came down to like the last second the guy got a catch that got over the yards i'm like oh shit i just turned three dollars into one thousand dollars yep but hey uh, imagine if you put six on oh my god fuck right it's that's oh it's the sickness um gotta go follow this page called um what's called br betting it's bleacher report betting yeah and just see like the wild shit people like they'll put out like one dude last night had a two dollar bet right he took the Bucks to win the title, the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup, and the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. He put it in like a year ago, and that two dollars hit for like three grand. Like it, it, it's insane. I here's what. So the way you do the whole oh, 
you know, I wish I put more. I do the whole, let me just hit one god. Like, let me just hit one for like 15 chaos or I'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> take Just take those like Hail Mary shots. I mean, yeah, that's that's why I don't I don't really bet anymore. Is, is I don't know, I don't trust myself. I mean, that's why I'm I'm like closing down my Robinhood account because that app, man, it just ooh, it gamifies like trading and it's very you know, it's very addictive. So I'm I'm getting all my shit out of there and just putting it in in somewhere that I don't have to think about every day. Um, that that Robinhood shit is crazy. Like that GameStop thing. Like, dude, it's wild. I've been here's what I've been the keeping funny with thing it that all. came out of that, right? Motherfuckers made a little bit of money on GameStop, right? Yeah. And now they think they're the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> it's um, it yeah, it is the Reddit crowd that managed to get enough people to believe in a in a thing, um, and then I mean, it was a perfect storm. This app came out and took advantage of that and and made it so that. You know, people could really easily do it and you didn't have to learn about boring finances and taxes and whatever. Like, that's, yeah. Um, and obviously it bleeded over into, into crypto and stuff. But, uh, yeah, right now, I mean, right now it doesn't seem as rosy. We're, we're seeing like a, a pullback now. I think it's, I think some of the hype's worn off. Um, and well, then just everyone no started saying, this for, is the next There was never any reason stock. for this GameStop. There was never any reason for GameStop to be like what it was. Like GameStop is basically the Radio Shack of video games right now. Like it Yeah, they're hanging on, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so when it starts jumping like that, I that's that's something we'll talk about another time. Yeah. Anyway, I know we gotta get get out Yeah, of we gotta we gotta get out. But but I mean that's um we shit, we got a lot to um we got a lot to get into. Again, mate, we should do this again, like in, in the middle of the week. So yeah, shit, we got other WrestleMania trips to talk about, other comparisons to how it used to be versus how it is today. Obviously, it's great to talk about live crowds again because we've just had the reopening of arenas again, and it's just it's good to uh, you know to get into that zone again, and hopefully it will culminate uh, at, uh, at the next Mania in Dallas. Honestly, live crowds are, in my opinion, the most important part of the WWE product. Mm-hmm. Like in what it's in business, your goal is to connect with your demographic and get feedback. Yeah, that helps you improve the product. There's no better way to do that than by how you're, you know, they react to when you you come out. Now, last week, I think take it with a bit of a mulligan. I think everybody was just happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but give it like a month, and you're gonna start to see. Okay. They're booing this guy. They don't like this guy. <laughs> oh, they—they're—they're they're a fickle bunch. Are uh, are wrestling fans? I, I say they. You know, I should count it all as we. We're a community. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, some um, of us are a bit more I, extremist. Yeah, I can I can hear so many other podcasts saying like, "Oh, crowds are back now, and we'll never, we'll never take it for granted again." <laughs> like, really? Bullshit. Give it a month. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a fucking yeah, month. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let, let them have one lackluster pay-per-view. Uh-huh. And you'll be like, this is what they came back for? Wait till <laughs> they bring back Great Balls of Fire. And, uh, shit, I think Vince might be the ultimate troll of all time, you know. He must know. My my respect for that guy grows every day. Like, I... It, and this kind of goes to, like, how sports is in general. Like, the fact that we sit on our ass at home, like, out of shape and 
we're trying to tell this man who's been doing it his whole life, like how to run his company. This is fucking ridiculous. Arrogance of us, right? The arrogance of us that we think we know, you know, like if if fans ran hey, the book. Listen, right? I pay. I pay my money. Otis would probably have like, <laughs> right? Like if if fans ran the book, like Otis would be on a year long run <laughs> with the title. Like, can you imagine? Like that actually would be something cool that they could do, where they go like um. Once a year, like fans run the book for a month, like they just, right, <laughs> like just, put that up for auction. Like if yeah, if you, I mean, why not? Just just say, yeah, put it up to vote. Shit, bring back Taboo Tuesday and actually, actually make it a real thing. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you how do you please a whole fan base when when the whole fan base is so indifferent? But um, but. Hey, I have a right to my opinion. I pay my money. I partially pay for all their mortgages. I put them in houses, so therefore I'm entitled. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but that's the problem yeah. with being a wrestling fan today with the internet. And I, I think about it all the time. Like You hear things before they even happen, mm-hmm. and it ruins the surprise. Like Think of some of the biggest pops in your life, like the biggest surprises they've ever done like in your lifetime. We didn't have... When I was a kid, we barely had the internet. We had America Online. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I never read dirt sheets or anything like that. But with Twitter and things like that, like, people leak things. And it to me, it kind of kills the product. Part of the fun in wrestling is a surprise. Oh, you don't know this guy is going to come. Like, there had been hints of Cena coming back for, like, months. So, while it was awesome that he came back, it was, like, really, dude? Like, we kind of knew. It takes away that that little bit of yeah. Well, now every now and then that. they'll get something that works. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that money like every is now king and again. We'll it's get... like if you get the clickbaity articles, if you if you give people a peek behind the curtain, you know what I mean? Like people's curiosity, you just can't you can't help yourself. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'll just I'll just randomly go onto a website and it'd be like. Spoiler on on John Cena's plans for the next month, and I don't know why. I, just, I click on it; it's just too attractive. But we should, yeah, we should wrap this up, and and uh, and then, yeah, we'll talk later about getting on for another one of these because I've got, geez, loads of ticket stubs and merch. We haven't even got into New Japan Ring of Honor, that whole event. Love to hear what you think about that sometime. Um, what are you going to say? Is Wes and Luke signing out? Yeah, um, please, listeners. Uh, support our good man Wes here and uh, and head over to Amazon.com and purchase his, his second novel, Headphones and Heartaches. And you can even get the first one, Coffee and Condolences. If you do uh, get actually a copy of Headphones and Heartaches, you can actually do a double good thing you could, so you can support Wes and then uh, you can support a good organization called the Camp to Belong River Valley, which is a volunteer-based organization that, that uh, brings uh, siblings that have been separated by foster care together, right? Um, yep. So, really great cause that. Jesus, well, she's such a good guy. Ugh. <laughs> if only that goodness rolled over to the uh, tournament thing we're doing, but that's for another day. Yeah, we we keep saying. I think I've anyway. said on the last like three podcasts now. We'll get this part two out to you. <laughs> we'll finish it off. <laughs> so, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure that whole thing out. Yeah. Um. 
Cheap Pop Wrestling available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just, yeah, search Cheap Pop Wrestling. That's wrestling with an R. You'll see a big black square with big white lettering, CPR. Can't miss it. And that's it from us. So thank you, listeners of Denver, Colorado, and everywhere else in the world. Fiji, Pakistan, we're all over, mate. Hi, my name is Wesley Parker. You might know me on Instagram as Wes Writes for Fun, which means you also know that I write books. Headphones and Heartaches tells the story of Percy Martin, a homeless teenager placed into the foster care system after his mother overdoses on heroin. Sounds interesting, right? Well, what if I told you that at one point in my life, I was Percy Martin? At the age of eight, I was summoned from my third grade classroom to the main office where a social worker told me that I was being taken away from my mother and placed in the foster care. I never went back home. Now I'm not complaining because I had wonderful foster mothers who treated me like I was one of their own and helped me navigate this new normal that I was living in. But yet and still, I never quite felt like I fit in. That sense of normalcy that I craved evaded me for most of my life until I got married and had kids of my own and gave them the upbringing that I never had. As I wrote this book and researched the changes in foster care since I emancipated, I found myself frustrated knowing that kids are still dealing with this kind of new normal. I was also frustrated because I felt like I could be doing more. Sure, writing a book and detailing the experience of being in foster care would help them feel less alone, but I felt really disingenuous to write this book and slink back into my comfortable life while they still dealt with the horrors of being in foster care. It was an itch that I couldn't scratch, and I racked my brain trying to figure out ways to do more and make a difference. Which is why I am ecstatic to announce that half of every copy of Headphones and Heartache Sold will be going to the Camp To Belong River Valley organization. Camp To Belong River Valley is a 100% volunteer-based organization that hosts events for siblings separated in foster care. While we take for granted the ability to share meals with our siblings and even tell them goodnight, to these kids, that means everything. The organization is committed to helping kids foster healthy relationships with their siblings while creating positive childhood memories and preparing them for adulthood. You can learn more about the organization by checking out their website at ctbrivervalley.org. You can check out past events, maybe even donate. I hope that you'll join me in helping make an impact on children who need it the most.